Now. Hello, you're listening to Russell Brand on Radio 2. I'm live in Dublin. That was the White Stripes. Oh, no, I am live, though, but I mean, I'm not live now. I'm alive. I'm alive. This is my life. I'm depressed. I'm depressed. You might, don't mind me, I've become depressed. I'm here with Matt Morgan. He's in charge of what I can only describe as a stereo system. Hello, Matt. Are you all right? Yeah, very well. Yeah, we're doing this show a bit earlier on today because I'm performing in Dublin. We're it's doing gonna... it the day before. What? This is tomorrow now. It's Friday now. Oh, hello, hello, everyone. Love you. <laughs> All right, we are not. I just. Well, that's what I you don't, don't know, know where you are. I'm in Dublin. It's Friday, but like, but for you, this is Saturday night now. Bye, Jingo. But you'll probably listen to a podcast anyway, so time has actually become irrelevant. But we always do this show the same, whether it's live or not, don't we? Yeah. Shambolically. Well, shambolically. We never, like, do, like, some racist chanting and then go, hey, we can leave that out because it's not live, do we? No. So, you know, we just pretty much do things. Well, apart from the beginning of the show well, with the second CD. Oh, yes, yes, because initially there was a problem with the White Stripes. They started piping up with another song. They weren't satisfied with just one. We've got a lovely show coming up for you later. We've got this email here off Kate. Firstly, says Kate, don't mention my surname on the radio as I'm a teacher and kids from my school might hear. Hmm, already I'm deeply suspicious. Hmm, she shouldn't be. teasing you. She's toying with us. I was listening to your podcast from a few weeks ago, says Kate, and you were talking about the filmy stuff you get on your hands when you stroke a dog. Well, I don't think that's only if you stroke yourself while you're stroking the dog, saucy monkey. No, it's talking about that. I, well, I did say it. I said, like, you know, sometimes when you're stroking a dog, you get a kind of, uh, there's a... Um, grease. Yeah, there's a dog grease to it, you know. Uh, uh, it's, she says she's noticed it. We've always had cats which are nice and fluffy. I notice the difference a lot when I stroke dogs. Apparently, it's to do with the fact that cats have fur, but dogs technically have hair. That's interesting. That's why cats don't like water, because it would, like, mess up their fur, hair. Right. Whereas a dog just thinks, dogs hey, all oily, look. like a duck. It's like an oily little duck. Fair enough. Good luck to them. I think they're very pretty. I'm on summer. I'm on summer holidays from school now. I'll be spending a lot of my time catching up with other podcasts. I'm looking forward to hearing you talk while I laze around my flat. Says Kate. Then she includes a, her phone number. Now I'm interested in teachers a great deal, and I don't know if any other of our listeners will identify with this. Because remember when you're sort of fourteen, fifteen, and your teacher is about twenty, you think, "Whoa, oh, they're quite sexy now," and like you know, but you can't do anything because you're a school pupil. So, yes, well. but now I like to think, you know, whenever I encounter a teacher, I think I'll be fulfilling a lot of those frustrated adolescent fantasies by seducing those teachers. Don't. It's weird that teachers are younger than you. Or yeah, that's right. But they, you can still call them Miss, can't you? Miss, Miss, give us a cuddle, Miss, Miss, can I cut your skirt, please, Miss? That's the feeling I got with that newscaster. Last week on the show, I don't know if you remember, newscaster came in the studio. She was sort of official with us. Well, you're being very silly, boys. Well, you don't know how silly we would be. Let us get under your table. Come on, Matthew. Matthew's shaved his face now. It's like being loomed at by a great daft baby. <laughs> Probably because he's been constantly compared to the people from that bounty kitchen tail advert. He's trying to nothing make... to do with it. Come I on. merely wondered what I looked like without a beard. Well, now you know. It's like a giant, <laughs> long-haired baby. <laughs> I will revert back to the Hursute option. This is an email from Kate. Dear Russ, Matt and G. G is here. He is our poet laureate, but he might be facing a challenge because in our hotel, what is owned by Bono, and it? Our hotel, where we're staying yes. at, I think it is. Uh, we've got, like, I've got this nice room in there. It's a ridiculous room. What's wrong with the room? It's about ten different separate rooms. There's yeah. a jacuzzi, there's a piano. There's a piano in it. I've got a piano. 
You had a go at playing it, didn't you? You did quite well on it. G had yeah. a go at playing the piano. I had a go on it, yeah. You can't play anything, as we learned, apart from that. <laughs> I can play that Cockney! <laughs> that song, oh yeah, no, I'll never give up on that. That's my anthem in many ways. I like it. Anyway, we found a CD in there of an Irish poet, and I think we're going to play something of his a bit later. Just to, just to put a little bit of heat under G. He's very complacent in his role as Poet Laureate of the show. Here's a letter. It's from Kate. A piglet born in Croatia with six legs and two penises has been nicknamed Octopig. Dirty little devil. Makes Octopig. sense, eight, eight, eight parts. things come off of eight appendages, six legs and two winkies. Owner Avicja Sech came up with a nickname at the daily newspaper Venici List reported. That's an interesting name because they like the first bit of it, Venici, very Croatian. The second bit, List, you know, could come from anywhere. The farmer from the village of Rapoli said Octopig also has two anuses. <laughs> so, <laughs> that is juvenile of me to laugh at a pig with two anuses. They but can't what, what both a, be functioning. I know. What's it? Because it, does it decide which one to use? It'll have a little bit right, of nosh. One for in and one for out. <laughs> Octopig, you sexy little devil. You think of everything. Sounds like an invention, though, doesn't it? Octopig sounds like little Octopig. Hey, well, it could be if you were drunk in the farmyard, lonely in you Croatia. Would, you? How long would you think it would take if you and Octopig trapped in a lift before you went, um, I think Octopig. just between the ground floor and the first floor, I'd go, um, yeah. Octopig, could you put this dress on, please? Ignore the other people in the lift, Octopig. <laughs> Don't worry about that bellhop. Come here. <laughs> I'll pick one. I'll toss a coin. That one. Octopig. Octopig. Uh... He's got two anuses, he's growing so fast, they've decided to keep him as a pet. Why is that? Just because he's growing fast, I'd keep him because of his Let's two willies. Let's him and have him as the show mascot. Let's get Octopig. How much is he? How much for your Octopig? We'll pay it, because remember there's that Chihuahua thing in uh, Japan that had a heart on its side and everyone went loopy for it. I don't remember it. Well, it's happened very recently, as a Chihuahua. It a heart on its side? It's like only a, the emblem of a heart, you know, it's oh, like right, a heart-shaped okay. bit of marking on the side of it, everyone went loopy. Oh, let's get this heart-shaped Chihuahua. But Octopig, functional. That's good. Two bums, two willies, six I'll legs. put a little tray on his back and have him serve drinks. Just that, Octopig, get in here! <laughs> Octopig! <laughs> I put mascara on it. Oh, I'd dress it all up, you all would, nice. And little garters. Octo pig, you've been octo naughty. <laughs> I'm going to octo punish you. Avicii says, "Who knows? Maybe we can breed more. Although the two penises might be a problem. No, it won't. That means you can breed loads of them. They can't both be functional. I'd like to meet this guy. Who octo pig? Yeah." He's not a guy, mate. You can't look at him as an equal, even though with your new shaved look, you probably look very similar to him. Well, look, you know, you're the one who's always <laughs> smooching up to Petter. I actually see him as a little guy. <laughs> I like Petter. That's why I'm the sexiest vegetarian in the whole stinking wretched world. So we'll ring Noel Gallagher later. We've got to round up a lot of things. We've got a vagina, vagina lady. We've got a lady coming in right in here with her vagina. She is going to sing out of it. You should see the microphone set up here. <laughs> There's one around her larynx and one that can, uh, a point that can only be described as her midriff. Vagina lady. We've been talking about her for a couple of weeks now. Apparently she's quite talented. She sings songs either about out of or into her vagina. No one is sure, <laughs> but today we are going to conclusively prove that she has earned that name, Vagina Lady. If only we could get Octopig and Vagina Lady on the same show. What a day that would be for radio, wouldn't wow, it? Wow, wouldn't that be good? <laughs> 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 There's a show she I should ride it to. around. 
Yeah, she could ride around on Octopig, singing all sorts of songs out of every Holding end. Holding his two willies like reins. <laughs> or backwards. Yeah, singing into his two bottoms. Oh. Octopig! If I, had, if I had Octopig, I'd put a little pair of sunglasses on the back of him to cover his shameful two bottoms. <laughs> He's probably proud of them, mate, because all the other pigs, they're just going to get slaughtered. Look at him, Octopig. That's He's weird that that saved him by being such a little freak. Like us. By being freaks, we were saved from a potential life living in Greys in Essex or Dartford in Kent. Here is what could have happened to Matt Morgan. This is an email from Tom in Dartford. Dear Russell, Matt and Mr G, when listening to your podcast over a month ago, I heard you say that Matt looks like the bloke stroke woman in the kitchen towel adverts. We all agree that he does. Down in Dartford, which I believe is where Matt Morgan, and he spelt his name as if it's Matt Moron, just with a G in it, which is kind of how I see you. There's a tramp called Mad Kev, and he looks similar to Matt. Ask Matt... Does he remember the tramp, or maybe they are related? I do remember Mad Kev. Why yeah. do you remember Mad Kev? Oh, we dated. <laughs> For a little while, Mad Kev and I were an item. Oh. Crazy days, but, you know, that love devoured itself in the end. Were you like Bert the Burton and Taylor of Dartford? <laughs> <laughs> Come back to me, Mad Kev! I can't! I don't know why he's Scottish. Probably oh, because of my racist. terrible prejudicial view. No, he, yeah, I do remember him, actually. I don't think he's still a feature. I think. Well, so. apparently he is. Everyone what? from Dartford knows him. He is an ironic symbol around here. Oh. Oh, imagine being an ironic symbol. Let, just let Mad Kev be. Just look at Matt. Oh, all right. Isn't he is an ironic symbol around here? Just look at Matt. Okay, so essentially you're being equated to that Mad Kev. He does not look like me. Doesn't he? Was he not now? Like? With my new shaved baby no. face. Not now that you look like Barbara Streisand <laughs> with your little shaved <laughs> boat race. Okay, so we're in Ireland, so we're sticking like some Irish music in, aren't we? What are we gonna Don't have first? Say it like that. What do you mean? Just flipping people a coin. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, that is what we're doing. It's tokenism. It's we're not... in Ireland, so we're putting on Irish music. Well, it's more than that. Well, I'd listen, I respect Ireland. I like it here. I'm very happy to be here, but we're not going to try and hoodwink people. Oh, for some bonkers reason, we're playing <laughs> Irish music and we're in Ireland. Come on, like when we was in Scotland, we played Scottish music. When we were in Manchester, Manchester bands. We don't have to patronise people. What they like about us is we're honest and open with them. You're listening to Radio 2 from the BBC. Here's a bit of <laughs> I'm mucking around. Right, what is it? We're listening to Van Morrison. Van Gloria. Morrison, yes. Gloria. Let's listen to it. Gloria, Van Morrison. You're listening to Russell Brand on Radio 2. I'm here with Mr G and Matt Morgan. What a show it's going to be. We're going to be talking to Noel Gallagher later on. Plus, there's a lady who claims she can sing out of, into, or beside her own vagina. She's going to be here as well. Hey, um, right, last night I was in, sorry about that, I just bumped into the microphone. Well, it's not the end of the world, it's is just it, just too loud. It went too loud, did it, in your rear roll? Is that a bit too much for you? Um, i tell you what I like, uh, is, like, well, recently I've been given calls to think about, uh, children's TV characters, like, remember the Wombles? Of course you do, Underground, Overground, Womble and Free. Yes. And I've been thinking about the Moomins, I've been thinking about a lot of them, because sometimes, you know, in life... The flumps. The flumps, yes. Now... If, like, because of, uh, like, sometimes you'll have hours your father. Get to the point. All right, here's the point. I sometimes have sex with people, they remind me of peculiar things. Now, I very recently, in the last, let's say, year, had sex with someone who reminded me very much of uh, one of the Moomins. Just not necessarily <laughs> the, one of the more feminine of the Moomins. Now, I don't know if you... The, the Moomin had pink fur. The Moomins they were grey, weren't they, and bald, I thought. Well, I'm trying to ascertain how you're the feminine moomins they were all like a race of little monsters well, there was mama papa and 
Poomins. <laughs> Mama, Papa and Poomins. <laughs> what I'm saying is they clearly identify themselves by gender. Some of them wore a dress. So they're the girl I ones. I used to turn over when the Moomins came on because it was, had a it weird, was weird, eerie it was vibe. It a weird vibe. I didn't watch too much of it, Matt, but enough to know that one day I would wanted to have a mating with those <laughs> Moomins. One of them was called Snufkin, and I believe that one was an aggressive little character, and it wasn't yes. even a proper Moomin. It was like yeah. a little scarecrow or something. Then there, of course, was Papa Moomin, Mama Moomin, and Moomin himself, which is odd because Papa Moomin and Mama Moomin preempted the idea that their child would be called Moomin because they were called Mama Papa Moomin. No, Do you know obviously named that after the event of his birth. But what were they called up until then, then? Well, let's say that's their second name. They're called Moomin. Jason Moomin and <laughs> Wendy Moomin. Then Jason. they have a son. Yeah. And called he Moomin. goes to school and everyone just calls him, Oi, Moomin. They called him Moomin at home. They How do you know that? Because this was seen... It wasn't set in their house. It was set on the road. <laughs> it wasn't set on the road. It's not fear and loathing in <laughs> Las Vegas. They were living in a little Moomin village and they were sometimes at home. Anyway, my point is... is you that slept with one of them. Pretty much. Mama, <laughs> Definitely not Papa, either Mama or the... <laughs> no, Mama. Let's say Mama, because the other one was, you know, it, was, it wasn't of age. So, yeah, I slept with, say, let's say I slept with Moomin Mama. Now, it wasn't... It was all right, you know, is what I'm saying. But Matthew, surely Which, do you... you... Think she hasn't she worked since the Moomin? She got typecast. I think pretty much it's difficult to recapture the glory of the Moomins. Once you've scaled those heights, you're unlikely ever so... to again... So you're talking about a human being who reminds you of a Moomin, and when you're in the act of lovemaking, you suddenly think, this, this is look, this like is a Moomin. <laughs> 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 and that heightens it for me. Of course. It's Moomin brilliant, I think to myself. <laughs> it ups it again. Do you ever, what if you said it? You naughty Moomin. <laughs> Sorry, what did you say? I didn't say I said you're blooming beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really mooming well enjoying this. Uh, yeah, so like... Uh, Why um, don't you, they remind you of a mooming at the stage where you go, would you like to come back to my <laughs> ridiculously large hotel room with a piano <laughs> for coffee? Because at that stage, I'm bewildered by lust. And anyway, I'm not saying it's a negative thing to look like a mooming. I'm just well, saying So they don't look like a mooming in their clothes and then take their clothes off. I think it's and more they've the got, makeup. Like, big cushions really. for boobs or something. <laughs> that would be cool. Well, the makeup comes off. I think the makeup comes off during all the encounter, and then like you know, and then the true Moomin identity begins to emerge. And so, what other? Um, Bear creatures? in mind, I'm not attacking the Moomins or anyone that looks like a Moomin. No, of course. I like them, and I'd do it again, given half a chance. I'll go through the whole lot of the Moomins. Who else have you slept with? Mr. Spoons from Button Moon. Add him, and <laughs> I've had the Moon itself. <laughs> uh, the Wombles. Uh, um, if I was pressed, I'd have that French one, the woman in the French yes, made outfit. Yes. Uh, you said earlier, Matthew, that you were in Uncle I Bulgaria. You I said didn't. that he would give you wisdom. You said. <laughs> you s I didn't know what the conversation was about. <laughs> you lured me into it. If I had to sleep with a Womble, which one? <laughs> I didn't lure you into the conversation. Orinoco. I'm changing it. No way. You've got Bulgaria. Be her. How's he going to I'd make them wash their hands because they pick up litter. <laughs> so would I. Grabby little characters. I'd make them wear gloves. <laughs> Wandering around on that common, picking up two all day. Devils. Horrible little creatures. But of course, the Womble no, has got that uh... snout. <laughs> now that... It's not a snout. What is it then? If you squeezed it, it would go... <laughs> like, like James Blunt's voice. <laughs> You're beautiful. I'm a Womble. <laughs> I'm a Womble. 
It's true. Happy birthday. Yeah, so... Uh, like the, have you slept with a womble? No, I haven't, actually, but I'm on the lookout for one, so, you know, I'm sure I can get the full Why set. Why don't you just get a piece of paper, make it into a cone, mm. put a blackberry on the end, yeah. put it on a lady's face, <laughs> and say, call yourself Great Uncle Bulgaria. Because I'm just worried that that might compromise the erotica of the situation, oh, the point no. when I attach oh, no. the cone. No, you think that'll lift it? <laughs> yeah. Of course it will. It'll be nice, So, and what does this disturb you? How do you get rid of a moomin in the morning? Just tell it that there's some thunderstorm that's scared of all sorts of stuff. <laughs> so there's a thunderstorm gone. Off you pop. Here, you'll be able to have a look at uh, bbc.co.uk at web footage of this. We're being filmed now. Mostly you can just see Matt's horrific new baby-faced profile and me standing in front of a green screen. I don't know if we're going to put something else on that. Perhaps a scenes of the Liffey and like great Irish writers should appear on the back of it just to, I don't know, just to give it some like D Dublin kind of sheen. But, you know, there is a green screen in the back have a look at bbc.co.uk I don't know if it's up there yet but it will be soon I assure you of that um, <clears throat> now uh, do you think we should talk about Moomins anymore um, well I think you should, we should we left it hanging it sounded a bit misogynistic or whatever the Moomin right. equivalent is <laughs> Moomogynistic <laughs> hey you're a Moomogynist us Moomins are going to film too and there's uh, Flumps as well but they've not really got much shape to them I spoke to G the about it the two of them G in a bra <laughs> Two flumps in, in a bra. bra. Oh, hang a bra on the back of a door. Put a couple of flumps in it. <laughs> I'd never leave the house. G says he likes the rabbit that says Cadbury's caramel. You know, yeah, yeah but that's a cartoon. It's a cartoon. She's a Jessica Rabbit type. Thing. Yeah, she's an archetype. She was sexy. Wilma mm. Flintstone and uh, the other one. These are all accepted things to have it off with. Now, what we need to get fluffy into... Fluffy things. Fluffy things. Wombles, Mr. Blobby. I wouldn't have it off of him because he don't look like he can look after himself properly. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like you're taking advantage Plus, he's got this like, weird rash on him. And he's got that weird rash, which I think is probably contagious. And his attitude is... <laughs> like that. It'd it loom at you. Like a punk rocker. It was a punk. He'd knock stuff over. Boy. He'd have no respect. <laughs> Trying to get him to wear a condom would be a farce. But uh, Mr. Bobby, I'm, I'm damned if I'm getting that rash. Yeah, he, he just wouldn't compromise, I think. He'd just be, he'd be trouble. So, blobby, blobby, blobby. It is blobby. That's all he ever destroyed said. Destroyed my life. I don't know how he got as far as he did based around blobby, really. So he's another one whose name... Because that's mm. the only word he said, you reckon? He was named after that? Okay, we'll call you Mr. Blobby, then. Well, since that's all you say. Yeah, they could have called him anything, but then I suppose he would be at the disadvantage of not being able to say his own name if it was anything other than Blobby. I mean, if he's in a post office or getting on a bus or having to fill in a form. I might have gone mad, but I seem to remember a female Blobby mm, in, I, in, on something. Yeah, I think, Matthew, you do tend to feminise different uh, cartoon characters anyway. I know a character, I'd, uh, a fluffy character who's sexy. Go on. Mr. Cabri's parrot. Mr. Cabri's parrot says hello. Hello! No way. I won't go near him. Not, I don't mean, like, I'd go all the way. What would you do? Just go on a date. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be good. You'd get in anywhere with him because he's so confident and so cocksure of himself. Yeah. Hello! <laughs> oh, Mr. Cabri's parrot. Do yes. come in. We've lost your regular table. Thank you! <laughs> well, uh, sit down. Don't make a scene. Okay, so what are we going to listen to now, Matthew? Uh, well, you demanded that we Morrissey, had... My Life is a Pigsty. And I'd yeah. like to dedicate this to Octopig, you six-legged, two-willed, two-bum-old <laughs> little delight. Right, we're going to up the intellectual content of this radio show right after here. We're going to be is talking about... Is there anywhere about... to go from here? I don't know. From I... Octopig and uh... Moomins? <laughs> Octopig and Moomins, all that's left is Beckett, and that's where we're going, baby. Let's listen to Morrissey, My Life, Life is, is a Pigsty. Pig oh, wow. With Octopig.
Octopig in it. Do you see? I think of little links in my My life is a pigsty. We'd like no, to dedicate that. life is a pigsty, so... Okay, well, just life. Everyone's life's a pigsty. Particularly Octopig, whose life is literally <laughs> is... I'd like to see him singing that. a pigsty. I'd like to see Life him. is a pigsty. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get Octopig. Do you think it's... We I'd can? love to see him. Let's see if we can get him. Nick, the producer of the show, get us Octopig, please. Make a bid. I mean, he can't be that much money. What, listen, listeners, will you please Let's donate all, some uh, money? Yeah, but we've got to look after him. No, we'll get, we'll put him in a nice city farm or somewhere. Hackney City Farm. He'll be treated like Elephant Man. He won't be treated like Elephant Man. I won't. Elephant Man, towards the end, was very happy. He got that. No, he wasn't. He was, mate. He got that comb and that mirror. He loved it. And then they took him to the theatre. Oh, then he laid down, go to sleep, all blissful. He didn't like it when he was in the circus, but when he lived in the hospital in Whitechapel, he had elephant. He loved it there. <laughs> he was never happier. Honestly, no, that's Matt. when everyone broke in and made him dance. He around. didn't like that bit. <laughs> 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 that bit, he was against that. You could tell because he was crying. But all the other bits, he loved it in there. And this is what I want for our Octopig. Octopig. He sounds so around. futuristic. Of course he does. He's the future. He's the future of pigs. Next generation of pigs, they'll all be like this. Yeah. Pigs are going to be bonkers. Two screw, they're corkscrew-like anyway, they're willies. You know, imagine That's that. That's true, actually. Two of those things entwining. It's going to be glorious for everyone. So let's get Octopig. So this pig. is the intelligent hire that we've reached now. Right, okay. Uh, talking of pigs, which we are, Animal Farm by George Orwell. Blimey, now we all learned a thing or two about revolution there, and man's innate propensity towards corruption and the uh, capacity of power to corrupt. Those guys... <laughs> oh, Octopig, you've got two knobs! <laughs> Octopig, you've got two bums! Oink, oink, oink! <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, I will say this, that uh, two legs good, four legs better. That's uh, that's actually on the original Octopig statement that I received there from the government. I got some interesting information about this Gordon Brown business. I think I think we might have to stop harassing Gordon Brown because I think we are allowed to get an interview if we do it professionally and not carry on like nitwits. Listen to this thing, though. Um, yeah. Yeah, this is like this lad has been sort of hassling the government. I'm sorry to inform you that your petition has been rejected. Your petition was classed as being in the following categories: intended to be humorous or has no point about government policy. <laughs> that was the category that our um, petition fell into. That's according to uh, Daniel George. So, but like we've also spoke to people at the BBC and they said, "Look, can you stop being a nitwit? Because uh, we probably will get an interview with Gordon Brown if you do if you don't go on and on about it on your radio show and make it sound like a." Twit expedition. Yeah, look, but there's a lot of people. Blake Watson. That's good, man. He's great, isn't it? Blake Watson's got to be a pretty capable guy, you would think, wouldn't you? Blake Watson. <laughs> I'm Blake Watson. Sit in the back of the car and unwind. I'll take over from here, sir. He could give us Octopig. Blake, we want you to deliver Octopig. This is what Blake says. After hearing your desire to interview our new PM, I decided to begin an e-petition on the government's website. This is a new system invented by the government which basically allows petitions to be done online instead of standing outside post offices. I tried to upload a petition for Russell to interview Gordon Brown and you could get it mentioned on your show and it would happen in no time, but the swines at the government rejected my proposal and sent me this email. I'm sorry to inform you that your petition has been rejected. Your petition has been classed as being in the following categories. It's that thing again. Issues for which an e-petition is not the appropriate channel. I've since resubmitted the e-petition and received the same response from the government. I believe they are trying to prevent the revolution, which I'm in full support of, from happening. Thank you, Blake Watson from Nottingham, for your support. We now need you to divert your attention into getting Octopic, <laughs> who is a vital component of any revolution. He can be the emblem of it. I think at the uh, Gordon Brown interview, Octopig with biscuits on his back. <laughs> <laughs> so Why not? 
Gordon, uh, you know, you say that the NHS is a priority, but wherever we look, uh, funds are being diverted away from vital NHS funding, and even within the NHS itself, management is... What's that? Right? <laughs> <laughs> That's Octopig! Don't mind about him. Picky, picky, willy, willy! <laughs> Don't touch him, Gordon, he's not for you. He's Octopig! Yeah, so, uh, you know, there's no petition for an interview, probably. That's the, pr that's the point. It's that simple. You, you can only petition for action, like actual things happening. Well, we do want things to happen. We're mad keen on a revolution. I think we've made that perfectly clear. So, hold on. This is a good thing. Now, also, we know that uh, Matt Morgan is soon to be fronting his own show about subterranean man-made tunnels and stuff like that. It's got the working title of Tunnel Vision. Here's an email from a lovely person calling himself Ellen. Hello, Matt, Russell and G. On last week's show, you mentioned that teacher who looks like one of the Chuckle Brothers. So I thought I'd combine this with your show title idea for Matt's program, Tunnel Vision. Forget going underground as the theme tune. The obvious choice is Tunnel Vision to the tune of Chuckle Vision. T-t-tunnel vision, t-t-tunnel vision, t-t-tunnel vision. the show. Does it undermine it, Matt? Or does it elevate it to a new height? Does it make it one of the most glorious pieces of broadcasting since civilization? Hmm? Since I, Claudius. That's what it does. <laughs> Hope you like the idea. What's happened to Matt lately? He looks like he's shaved himself in an attempt to distance himself from those bounty people. And I think we'd all like That's to know more lie. about Matt. Perhaps you should have a chapter about him in your bookie book. He's in that all the time, that bookie book, he, Matthew scurries around reading chapters going, I've got legal rights, you know, you can't tell people that I did that. Maybe you should call your book transient, as you seem to like the word a lot. No, because it sounds a bit like vagrant and makes me sound like homeless Kev. So it's like it was. printed on slightly transparent paper. <laughs> yeah, it does. Tracing just all paper. disappear and turn to dust. That's not what we want at all. Mr G is, of course, here. He'll be summarising this show when it reaches its glorious climax, and he's got a poem here dedicated to him from a fella calling himself Toby Behan. Hi, Russ and other children of the revolution. The old show of yours gets better week by week. You're a goddamn genius. That G fella's a fine poet, isn't he? Here's one for him from me. Dear Mr G, our teller of truth, whose words speak to all, whether old men or youth. Yeah, nice. We love it when you sum up on Radio 2 at the end of the show. We listen to you. So never give up on your excellent gift. Your prose will always give others a lift. Russ, Matt and Nick, what a talented free, but our poet laureate, you'll always be. All the best chaps, Toby Bean. Well, I defy anyone not to have a tear rolling down their cheek and a tautness in their undercarriage <laughs> on hearing those noble words. God bless you, Toby Bean. Matthew, what's the matter? I like that poem. I like the metre of it. It's a lovely metre. It's a lovely metre. There's no dispute in the metre. What are we going to listen to now? Something upbeat. Mouldy Peaches. Mouldy Peaches after the uh, Depressathon. <laughs> Who would have thought that Life that... <laughs> that song was bloody uplifting, but nothing compared to this joyous tune from the Mouldy Peaches. Let's get right into this. There is some swearing, we're going to blank it out. Steak for chicken is what you was listening to just then. The swearing will have been eliminated by now, so you won't have been offended. Okay, so uh, here's a nice email from someone claiming to be called Gary. 
Just listen to your latest podcast. You mentioned people that work in the porn industry. Well, I actually do, although not in a particularly inspiring way. I make the magazines that many a person are so embarrassed to buy. Although this may sound interesting and thrilling, it's definitely quite an interesting chat-up line. Putting pictures of various girls into the magazine, strange to say, gets really boring. I suppose in the end, what Gary finds is that a constant influx of sexual imagery reduces it to banality. If you were, I mean, if all pigs were octopigs, we'd lose interest in them, wouldn't we? We would. It's only that octopig is, many ways, a pig Jesus coming back with his six glorious legs, <laughs> two stinky winkies, <laughs> and little lovely bot-bots that makes him elevated from the common pig. Uh, then there's the fact that we cater for all tastes, which is mainly the younger age brackets. Steady. But some of the magazines are full of rather older ladies. Many of them resume, resemble shriveled manatees or something you'd find in the ancient Egyptian section of the Moomins. British Museum. Moomins, perhaps. Moomin porn. Moomin porn. It's about time that people like me were no longer ostracised <laughs> but catered for. I should be able to hold my head up high and march into any news agents and say, Have you got some room in for some Moomin? <laughs> uh, it disturbs me to the very core that I've become desensitised to such things. Oh, that's interesting, you see. He has become desensitised. Do you think he's become, like, other things have become erotically charged? Such as, Matthew. So garden he, like, furniture. he looks through auto trade and goes, Oh, blimey. Oh, that's very reasonable for Sierra. <laughs> One careful owner. How careful were you? <laughs> oh, yeah, perhaps yeah, that's I reckon that's what happens. Yeah, I'd like that idea of a careful owner. I'm, I'm really careful. I've just been so careful. Are you careful? Because like, I met this, this bloke, actually, like, when we was in the Isle of Man, the bloke who drove us, he was called David. Uh, gee, you may roll your eyes, but David was there. I liked him. He was a great man. There's a lot of bonkers traditions in the Isle of Man, like there's a fairy bridge you have to go and wave at fairies. There's a... Yeah, I did, mate, because otherwise you get cursed. So, and then, uh, also there's, you don't say rats on the Isle of Man, you call them long tails. And also, there's Manx cats that don't have no tails. There's this bit where David goes, uh, like the, the main city in Isle of Man's called Douglas, I think. And it go, he goes, uh, I goes, oh, do you live here? He goes, no, no, I don't. I live in one of the smaller villages. Uh, I'm a very quiet person. And I thought that's mad to have that kind of knowledge of yourself, you know, just go, I'm a quiet person, me. I wouldn't like to be somewhere loud. I liked his that's, sort of awareness. I, I mean, that, to me, sounds like a moiderer. <laughs> what I'm is... a very quiet person. Keep I'm myself a... to myself. My neighbours would describe me as a quiet man who In... came and went. Very quiet, but we had, had little idea there was a complex network of tunnels <laughs> under his house and storage tape. Yeah, I don't think David's up to that. He seemed like a I didn't nice call him a murderer. <laughs> I didn't say David was a murderer. Why are you saying David's a murderer? I like David. It was very He's nice. probably just offended that you had... I don't know. What? Uh, <laughs> Do you see, Matthew, why you've got to be careful on the radio? This person continue. Also, uh, your test thing for your new programme last Thursday, uh, Ponderland, was excellent stuff. I was very excited to be in the presence of Paul McKenna. Hello, I'm Paul McKenna. You are having a lovely evening. We've had a pleasant time. We enjoyed our starters enormously. Then you went home to bed. I'm Paul McKenna. Good night. That's old Paul McKenna for you. He seemed to enjoy it. I could see tears running down his hypnotic cheeks. I don't think he hypnotises people with his cheeks. It's his mind. Keep up the good work. It makes me laugh out loud on the train and look unusual thank you very much for that gary okay so vagina lady will be coming in here but we should find out her proper name what are we going to call a vagina lady the whole way through the show well i think it would be proper i think it would <laughs> to give her a proper title oh dame vagina lady thank you very much for showing up it's a joy to see you 
Uh, yeah, she'll be here shortly. Later on, we'll give Noel Gallagher a phone call. Perhaps we should ring someone else. I wouldn't mind finding someone about Octopig. Let's phone someone about Octopig. Right, because we're going to, I don't know, a farmer. Like, the people that have got him. And a pig expert. A pig expert, right. Well, in the next link, right, look at this, or in the link or so, we're going to get a bloody pig expert. We're going to get closer to owning this damn pig. Got an email here. It is from Faye. She's talked a bit about Matt's tunnel program, which we are pushing forward with. We will make that tunnel show happen one way or another. Then she goes, look, I was stopped by a camera crew from the Discovery Channel the other day and asked if I could answer a quick question. I said okay, and they proceeded to ask me not one, but a series of questions about... Wet wipes. Have I ever used wet wipes? What did I use them for? What? Where did I use them? Were they useful? Had I recommended them to my friends? And most weirdly, did the wet wipes live up to my expectations? I was a bit baffled by the last question because I don't have any expectations of wet wipes except for them to be wet and to wipe, which is not any kind of insight. Well, that's interesting, really. I wonder why people want to know but about... The Discovery Channel. The Discovery Channel? What are they trying to discover? In he for heaven's sake, what kind of tunnel would they be inquiring after? Although, Matt, you are a keen user of the wet wipe yourself. I use the, uh, the Kleenex, sorry, the Andrex, or one of the toilet. Right, well, either... Scott, <laughs> cut that out, because I said two brand <laughs> I said Kleenex, I said Andrex. It don't matter if you say two, it's not undue promise. Well, yeah, I use both of those guys. <laughs> they're both crazy. I mean, they're all going to the same place, quite frankly. They're all going on a pretty grim journey. Um, yeah, well, you've actually infected all of our immediate circle of friends, haven't you, with your... I don't think that's the right word. Well, I think it is. You've infected... I've with... spread the word that using uh, moist toilet tissue is nicer than using the old dry salt. Yeah, it is, isn't it? It's a more favourable confrontation. Russell, of course, favours the old spit on it like an old lady. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I most certainly do not. It's quite elegant. All I, I, to tell you the truth, my, I deposit things already sealed in an envelope. I remember Ed Master once saying, uh, you know, when birds do a poo, people are very childish about it, but the poo comes sealed in its own little envelope. That's that white stuff. It's like an envelope for the poo. That's it's a not a very effective envelope. Not really, is it? It's liquid. <laughs> you couldn't get a stamp on it. You couldn't. You wouldn't want to put your tongue anywhere you near it. I just think the man. How many people being childish about bird doings? Yeah, and to tell you the truth, it wasn't a minor. It was a, a minor problem in the school, really. What they should have focused on more is the low standard of education and lack of resources. They shouldn't have begun. Well, people are using ridiculous language to describe bird poo. Like you said, that didn't someone like because you were drawing the sun with sunglasses on? There was a great big when I was at investigation. School, there was uh, a point where we were. I think we were about seven. And the t and when we had to, you know, when they tell you a story and then you draw a picture of the story and the, yeah. and you rewrite the story and it in was your always own sort of truncated and ignorant way. Yeah, exactly. And you just remember a few facts about mm. Jesus and what he did, and then you had to draw the picture, right? Jesus came along. It was nice. He died. It was nice. There was bread and fishes. <laughs> it was nice. And uh, we used to draw the sun, mm. and then someone had the idea, and it was because on, you know, the sun's got a face on it, on loads of packaging and loads of cartoons and stuff. Yeah. Someone drew the face on the sun, then everyone went, oh, that looks nice. Yeah. So the whole class used to do that. Then it got more elaborate with sunglasses right. and, like, you know, little speech bubbles and stuff. Yeah. What are you doing to your back? Just fans saying, on it. I'm curious about. Oh, God. I'm just doing an investigation. What? I don't a know. A rucksack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got involved in something. Yeah, go on. Yeah, yeah. And then um, the teacher came in one day and slammed the books down on the table and said, This has got to stop. There's a serious problem here. The sun has not got a face. You're all too old for this now. I'll tell you what it was. It was a Catholic school you went to, was it? 
Yes. I think it's probably because they thought you were reverting to some pagan ideal of sun worship, characterising the sun with its sunglasses on. Yeah, but it wasn't very pagan. It looked like one of those raisins. California hey, raisins. <laughs> hey, what's going on? Hey, you have a pagan symbol. <laughs> Grow with it. <laughs> hey, why don't you worship me already? <laughs> I'm up here in the sky. I'm <laughs> beaming <laughs> down. <laughs> hey, yeah, man, it's overthrow the theology of the monotheistic state. Yeah, well, I don't think the sun would have done that. What are you f fumbling with now, Joy Division? Oh, I have to queue up actual CDs mm. in the machine, right? So don't yeah. you get involved. <laughs> it's just nice to see you fumbling around. Okay, so what we'll do now is we'll have a little bit of Joy Division, then perhaps we'll ring up Noel Gallagher, see if he's about, you know, troublesome people. What's going people. on about Vagina Lady? Vagina Lady, Matthew, has got feelings. And I know it's going to shock you to learn this, that Vagina Lady is not a puppet at the end of one of your new numerous appendages, Octoman, that you can just tug your string and vagina lady will just sing like a little bird. She'll get here when she's good and ready. <laughs> anyway, I think it's her time of the month. This is a Joy Division! <laughs> that was Joy Division. You're listening to Russell Brand on Radio 2. There will be some news in a minute because we're pre-recording this. We don't know which particularly sexy news broadcast it will be. I reckon it might be that woman from last week. Susie or something she was called in my That's imagination. Right. Something like that. It was some sort of name very suggestive of how's your father that much I remember Susie, Susie well, it's difficult not to think about it later on we will have Vagina Lady on the show I just tried to bring Noel Gallagher he's in the studio doing a record and I spoke to his girlfriend Sarah she's at home panicking about being pregnant she said it's, it's dawned on her that childbirth is an inevitability, inevitable consequence of pregnancy but I think she'll be alright won't she she'll be cope I said it's Noel Gallagher's baby it'll just come out it'll be a slovenly little twerp <laughs> it'll sliver out of there it'll be next to no bother at all so um, yeah like later on we've got Vagina Lady singing a song perhaps we should get her to dedicate one to Sarah bearing in mind she's got this childbirth situation to go through what? Is that how your brain works? They both got vaginas. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a like childbirth does involve vaginas, Matt. I know always, you just think of it always. as a pocket for, for your dirty little dimensions. No, I don't. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. You do. No, no, I don't. <laughs> so there you are. Uh, right, what's this in the Irish Star? Hospice cat can predict death. Can Ospice it though? Cat. Hospice cat, hospice cat. I don't think you should be even have an hospice cat, do you? Because if you're in an hospice, do you want a cat there? Of course you do. You've do got you? one in your uh, little my house. hospice. <laughs> do not regard my house as an hospice. That is a place of joie de vivre, light and life. Tell what your house is. Go on. Storage for bottled water. <laughs> Selfish little Russell Brand. That's because all I drink's water. So, oh, I think you're going to be knocking it out to Hampstead residents for 50 quid a bottle. <laughs> you're the one that started... When the end comes. Listen, I don't agree with panic buying. When Lynn, my housekeeper, goes, oh, I think I'm going to go and buy a load of bottled water. It's not panic ball, it's all neatly stored. <laughs> yeah, but... like someone will, oh, get water, <laughs> shove it in there. Yeah, but sh you're suggesting that it's cynical of me to have bought this water. I'm just buying it because I drink a lot of water. I'm not buying it up in a kind of, oh, my word, the end of society is nigh. Oh, what about the gas masks? That is because the there candles? are some events that go on in my house that require both gas masks yeah, know, and that. candles. <laughs> Wonderful business, really. This is Hospice Cat Can Predict Death Story, brought to you by me. Meet Oscar, the cat you don't want to see curled up at the bottom of your bed. Well, I don't want any cat except my own cat curled up at the bottom of my bed. I want like... that cat who came in your house the other day because I <laughs> was too scared to stop it. Yeah, right. I didn't know the rules. There's a cat called Hannibal who lives down our street. I don't like that I know the cat's name even. Lynn told me it. It's a very furry cat. It came in the house 
right? And like Matt, like Matt, I was up like, the top floor of my house, and like Matt came on the intercom. And went, a catch just come in your house. I goes, just take it out. He goes, I'm scared of it. And you can see his little face. To, I've never had a car. I don't know how to lift it up. It will scratch me. Just walk towards it and make it move away. Usher it out, don't you? It you was usher so, it. It was honestly the most arrogant thing. It, it just looked at me with, oh god. Apparently, please. it glanced over its shoulder at Matt, and Matt felt intimidated by it. Then I had to, it was down in my kitchen, right? And now Lynn has bought this spray thing, which all people do now, to, to defend the territory. Petrol, <laughs> now, I don't was get. It bottled water that you sprayed at that cat? <laughs> I believe it was battery acid. Now, what this no, it's not, I don't know what the, the water I said, is. I said, oh, there's a strange cat, and he went, yes! Yes! <laughs> Right, this is allowed. <laughs> then yes. he chased it around, spraying it in the face. <laughs> Don't say that. I didn't spray it in the face. I was just like, you couldn't actually, the spray thing wouldn't work. It was actually quite frustrating. Why did it run past me covered in water? <laughs> because that. <laughs> it wasn't Donald Duck. It was actually. I had to take the end bit off of it to, to well, let the. the cat, water... You pull its head off. And that's how you look, <laughs> is it? And I had to take the end bit off of that cat and turn it into a kind of <laughs> quadrille cat. I had to take the end off the water to have access to the water so as I could make the cat go out. Because otherwise it will spray scent in my house and then my cat, Morrissey, wouldn't feel like a stranger in his own home. That's but why I don't have animals. They're weird. They're not weird, mate. They've got their own customs. You've got to respect them. custom, is it? That's its custom. That's its custom. Anyway, it tried to run out of, it tried to run out of the back garden. Like, I, was, I was really did it in a quite a gentle, peaceful way. Just gently splashing hey water. There. Hey, now listen, we've all got our own things. You've got your house, I've got mine. <laughs> Spray! Come on, have that! <laughs> It was a little cat face. It was like a little feline baptism. I was just very gently, because I love cats, and I do appreciate it, even though it's not my cat, it's a yeah, cat. to learn, didn't it? I didn't teach it. I didn't... Tough love. <laughs> tough love. Tough love. <laughs> I just gently baptised it with gentle droplets of water. Go on, off you go, mate. I didn't even use an aggressive voice. Then it ran up, back through the house, and ran past Matt, and you said it looked at you like, well, you didn't even have the guts to try and turf me out of there. <laughs> then it sat over the road, looking at us like, it was a bit cross and embarrassed about everything. Cat, isn't it? And he knew the way around your house, so the old owners must have let it in. Yeah, it was swanning round in there like it owned the place. It really bothered me. Meet Oscar, the cat you don't want to see curled up at the bottom of your bed. The tabby who lives in a hospice has predicted 25 deaths in the past year, prompting staff to call family members once he chooses someone. He's like a grim cat reaper. Just chew like he Alexa for death. What if he doesn't... Like, they're suggesting that he can supernaturally understand when they're gonna die. I think he's killing them. No, well, smothering I them. think he's a cat shipman. I think he's what he is. <laughs> Wandering around that hospice. It's terrible the way he's carried on. Does he, um, like, show, does he point his paw at them and go, <laughs> it is time. It is time for you to go. Sort out your will. <laughs> if you've got anyone to apologise to, now's the time. When he curls up by somebody's side, it usually means the patient has less than four hours to live. Get that cat out of the hospice. Have a water spray. Because it'd be a bag of nerves. So every time that cat wandered down the corridor, oh dear, I've only just arrived. I've just got, I've hardly Hang unpacked on. my bags. That's because, right, what happens is the cat sits next to you, mm. you panic, panic, and it kills you. Yeah, because you think. It's a self fulfilling prophecy. It's the death cat. The deaf cat has come that to visit me. Thinking, What's wrong with me? <laughs> hey, why does everybody I love die away?
<laughs> Poor little cat. He's a deaf cat. The two-year-old feline who was adopted as a kitten and grew up in a dementia unit. No wonder. <laughs> it's like they got a terrible upbringing, it's sad. It's grown up amongst the, the loopy. Uh, they, it, then in Rhode Island, USA, has amazed medics. University professor David Dosser reported the phenomenon in the New England Journal of Medicine said the cat's accuracy was uncanny. He doesn't make too many mistakes, says Dr. Dosser. I hope he ain't comparing himself by the standards of a cat. He's pretty good at this guy. Why don't we just give him a little white coat, one of those things to listen to heartbeats? Put him in charge. I like him. He's got something. He's a maverick, but he gets the job done. You're the new Quincy. Hey, go live on a boat, kitty. He doesn't make many mistakes. Many families take solace from it. I bloody well wouldn't. I would. I'd, I'd kick it out of the hospice, I'd say, mate. I'd, I'd wonder what the connection was. I'd say, look, what's going on? Because that's the cat is not the Grim Reaper. Cats can't just decide when people phone die. Um, yes. Uh, I don't know if you know about the cat <laughs> that predicts death. Well, no, I'd rather... by your nan. Yeah, when I was... <laughs> When I paid the hospice fees, I hoped you might be using rather more medically grounded methods than sending a cat in to kill my nan. I bet the cat just comes and sits next to him and they go, Oh, well, might as well finish it. <laughs> the shovel. No, no! <laughs> I feel okay. I want to leave. Sorry, the cat's next to you now. It's just a mere formality. <laughs> don't make... No, don't up the morphine. It's a terrible way to treat someone. Uh, he doesn't make too many mistakes. Families take solace from it. They appreciate the companionship that the cat provides for their loved one on their final hours wow. before they're hours. dragged off to death. Staff at the facility, which treats people with Alzheimer's, Parkinson's and other diseases, noticed Oscar would make his own rounds just like doctors and nurses. Wanted to sellotape some vitamin pills to his back and let him run the old hospital. Ridiculous. He would sniff and observe patients, <laughs> then sit beside people who died within a few hours. <laughs> you don't look well, dear. Don't cling on. Go gracefully into the dying of the light. That's a terrible way to treat people, letting a cat make those kind of judgments. Also, we've got a rat who can tell if you've got piles. We just send him up your pyjamas. If he comes out covered in blood, we think, oh, oh, there's another one. Oh, no. No. Why? I apologise to everyone that that ever happened. But the only reason I said it was because it was written down on a bit of paper. Mr G wrote it down as part of his evil wave of propaganda to destroy. <laughs> decency. Dr. Joan Tino of Brown University, an expert on care for the terminally ill, said Oscar was better at predicting death than those who worked at the centre. That's terrible. Well, the people who the work cat at the centre aren't there to predict death. Okay, 50 Take quid on money. that guy. <laughs> he's going, he's going. He's a... Also, I weed in his porridge this morning. I'll be very surprised if he makes it through the day, to tell you the truth. <laughs> Uh, they said, uh, blah, blah, blah. She was convinced of his talent when he made his 13th correct call in a row. <gasps> Terrible. Well, where's he going? He's not making a call. Yeah, what's he, he doing must the just, rest like, of the be time? He's in a negative space, which doesn't have any old people. <laughs> <in>. <laughs> He's got some sort of holding room, some pen. I reckon go, we... Oscar's off. Uh, he prowls around. And it's like that wheel of fortune did, 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 goes near you and then goes, No! no. Oh, is it oh. going to be Jackie? No, he's wandered right by. It's to Desmond. Oh, unfortunately, yes, he sat down. I'm afraid it's start packing your bags and order a coffin. That's really out of order, isn't it? I think the rest of the time he's got like a cat harem with like sexy female cats. And he's just in there having it off. Because if he's got soothsayer abilities like that, he should be treated like a king. Mm. Let's get him. No, we can't have him. We've got Octopig, haven't we? We haven't got Octopig yet. We'll get Octopig. We're going to talk to a it's farmer. freakish animals. This is the end of days. All the floods, all the animals. All the animals are turned against us. Floods, yeah. Octopig. 
vagina ladies coming in here, <laughs> trumpeting out of her front pocket. What's going on on this planet? What's happening to us all? Talking of which. What? Newsy poos. Yeah. Not yet. Let's finish this story. Go we on. don't need news this that much. News, this man. is the news. This is. Yeah, not all those people want you to believe. Listen to this man. Doctors said most of the people visited by the normally aloof Oscar were so ill they probably didn't know he was there. That's terrible. He just turns up on their bed. Oh, snooty as well. He's normally Hang aloof. On. They said, oh, he gives companionship. Yeah. They he... don't know he's there. This is a big mix-up. <laughs> it is a mix-up. It's a hell of a mix-up of info we're getting about Oscar. He's so aloof, he just wanders he's around. He's normally aloof, but when he's predicting death, he comes and does a little jig. <laughs> hey, I've got some news for you. <laughs> Remember the darkness before your birth. You're going right back there, baby. It's over. Take care. I'm Oscar. I'll be here all week. Terrible way to treat people. One animal expert suggested Oscar might not be psychic. Oh, you brilliant animal expert. What a <laughs> suggestion. He might not be psychic and there might be a biochemical explanation. I suppose there must be. But another said cats and dogs could sense things that humans could not. Oscar's compassionate hospice care is now commemorated by a wall plaque at the centre. Oh, what? He's dead? No, he's still there. But when he, when he, if he gets a bit sickly, I'm going to go and sit on the edge of his basket and go, yeah. Things ain't looking good, Oscar. Sleepy bye-bye! Sleepy, sleepy, Oscar! Okay, you are listening to Radio 2, 88 to 91 FM. Are you wondering what's happening on your planet? Because it belongs to you. This is some news. The Manic Street Preachers, they're doing a session there with Dermot O'Leary. That's live yeah, motorcycle too. emptiness. That means we could get people. That was the uh, news before that, incidentally. That bit there where people were saying stuff that happened, that weren't the Manic Street Preachers no, with no. Dermot O'Leary. That bit where I was going, oh, you know, stuff's been happening. I don't actually think in my head Manic Street Preachers. I just think of that as the band. Manic Street Preachers. Actually, that's quite a mad thing to be called. Yeah, like a manic... Sh like, I'm preaching in the street in a very upbeat way, like I've lost control. Yeah, it's yeah. quite good, isn't it? Cause you, you could have ended up like that, I reckon. Yeah, I still might. I, you know, I sort of, <laughs> I see him sometimes and I think, ah, oh, there, but for the grace of God. There's one in Brixton that I used to see quite a lot. He'd stand right in the middle of the road with a very large print Bible. He was very committed to what he was doing. He'd really they always for are. it. You I can't know. do that half ass. And then, you know... Well, like, I'm quite into Jesus. I mean, you know, was he like, I don't know, he's all right, isn't he? You know, you've got to go for it. If you're going to give your life to preaching in the streets, go for it. That's yeah. that's my advice to you. So if um, Dermot O'Leary's allowed to have the Manic Street Preachers come in and do a record right down his mouth, then we should be allowed one. It, mind you, we're getting vagina lady, aren't we? It's obvious that our motivation is different. <laughs> <laughs> what, she sings from her vagina? Right, get her in. She, she, I, I think we're going to be really disappointed if she doesn't sing out of into her vagina, aren't we? Let's make her try. Say, look, love. Come on. We can at least grunt from it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Try some percussion. I mean, like, yeah, <laughs> read the cushion. on it. <laughs> oh, dear, oh, dear. She's going to be in here in a bit, and that's when we'll so, apologise. Words aren't like furniture. <laughs> mm, they are a bit, though, aren't they? Like brain furniture. They're meta furniture. Perhaps everything you say has some sort of cosmic consequence, goes out into the world. I hope not, because I said some stupid things in you my said time. Some bonkers things. Crackers stuff I've come out with. Now, if you've been listening to this show, that is your problem. But you can't fail to have heard that earlier on we were on about Octopig, who we believe to be a porcine Jesus. He's come to save us. He's got six legs. He's got two winkies, two bumholes. It's our 
heartfelt belief that he would be much better off living with me, Matt and G in a sort of fictional monkeys style house that we're planning on <laughs> getting. We're going to want you lot to donate money to get him. Now, you know, I've raised money for things like Live Earth, Comic Relief, but I've never been more passionate about a cause than getting Octopig to us where he belongs, his spiritual home. Now, obviously we're idiots, so we've got someone who knows more about stuff like this. It's Steve Leonard. He's a vet. He's in Shropshire, and he's going to talk to us now and advise us about how to look after Octopig. Are you there, Steve? I'm, I'm here, yeah. Thank you, Steve. Steve, do I have to call you doctor? No, you don't. Um, only if you, you know, really feel it's something necessary. Mm. But we're not, we're, vets aren't doctors now. Vets aren't doctors? Do, do you, no. you have a doctorate, though, do you? Um, no, what we have is a professional um, qualification, obviously. I'm a, I'm a member of the Royal College of Veterinary Surgeons. Mm, I like that. I mean, because, like, vet, that's one of them things you want to be when you're a kid, isn't it? I really wanted to be a vet, but then you realise it's going to take a lot of work, and then you stop wanting that and think, I'll just show off for a job. Ah, OK. Did you always... Well, with me, I just kept wanting it. You kept wanting it. That, thank God you did, like, because now you're a lovely vet. Do you have to, every day, deal with tragedy? Um, not every day, but certainly, um, yeah, once a week at least. Do you have a special way of, like, what's your method for telling people, look, we're going to have to put your cat down? Is there a special way of doing it? Um, yeah, there are standard phrases and this sort of thing. You've just got to think about what what they may sort of um, be able to accept. Um, it's not generally... It's Would you like in... a new hat? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, have you got room in your garden? That sort of thing. Right. But, um, it is, yeah, you That's just have to sort of deal with that. You have to feel your way through it, as obviously you are sort of very aware that your audience Mm. deserves a certain level of respect and you communicate with them I've in that way. I've never been aware of that. See, <laughs> I've always just thought of it as a sort of holding pen for potential moomins. Okay, to tell, to tell cool. you the You're truth. aware you have an audience. You know you've been recorded. Yeah, no, absolutely we do. We, and okay. we love our audience, actually. We're united. We sort of think oh, there of it you go. as an you osmosis. there's the respect leeching out of you now. It is, see? Yeah, we yeah. love our audience. We live for them. We're very, it's a very strong bond. Now, like, yeah, while we've got you on the phone, we might as well uh, plunder you for all sorts of information. Uh, do you know about Oscar, the cat of death, who's in an American hospice going around ju judging when people should die by sitting on the end of their bed? Because it's, it's happening, Steve. Is it? Yeah, it is. Now, how can okay. a cat have a supernatural ability to predict death? Is there, have you got any uh, zoological information that can support this theory? Um, not, not for that particular case, but I do, know of, I, knew, I do know that dogs can smell cancer. They do train some dogs to, to pick up um, cancer in patients. And it's far, far more sensitive than um, than some of the most sensitive scans and uh, and all that sort of stuff and tests that we can do. So you get a cancer-smelling yeah. dog. You can, yeah, yeah. Oh no, that'd be well. I suppose it's a good use of a canine sense of smell. How do you train it though? I mean, what do you hold under its nose to to prepare it for a life of whiffing out cancer? To be honest, I don't know. I assume they must, you know, because obviously they cut cancer out of people, so they must waft that. A you know, at it, and then... Yeah, mate, trip. have a whiff of that. Now, have, yeah, a, yeah. have a dog biscuit. Yeah, yeah, there you go. That sort of... I don't think they actually feed the cancer as a tidbit. I think they probably use something a bit more appropriate. Yeah, no, that'd be, that's, that's no feast for a dog, is it? No. Dr. Steve, as I've now decided to call you. That's now, cool. about this uh, porcine oddity that we've recently learned of, it's off somewhere, I think, in the Eastern Bloc. He's got six legs, two winkies, two bot-bots. We're very keen to get our hands on him. Now, we want to make sure that before we get hold of this pig, we are fully prepared for raising it, and we don't want a Charlotte's Web-style disaster mm. where the pig 
pig, the spider, everyone ends up dead, as I remember in that story. So what should we do, Steve? Well, first of all, you're going to apply for a movement licence and an import licence to, to get him in. OK, mm. that's, that's Good. quite a lengthy process, I'm afraid. We can get that done. We won't have to do that bit. That's Nick, our producer, will have to do that, yes. He'll be all over that. Yeah, that's good. Um, the next thing you want to be doing is, is thinking about getting its jabs sorted out for, for some of the more um, deadly diseases in pigs, like blue tongue. That's a, that's a bad disease in pig. Right, so Because probably as well, with a pig like Octopig, who's got a lot of special abilities, he could end up with a couple of blue tongues. He could end up with a, a panoply of rainbow tongues, all the colours pouring out of his little gob. So we'll have to be super careful with him. Oh, most definitely, yeah, yeah. And a thorough health check, you'd probably need to take his... Uh, his temperature twice, by yeah. the sounds of things. Perhaps you'll look after, perhaps, Steve, we'll go, we'll let you run the once over him. Have you got a couple of thermometers? Yeah, well, yeah, certainly we've got a couple here. I've got, you know, uh, with a bit of assistance, we could probably give him the once over. Plus, we... I would be, I would be a little bit worried, though, Russell, because mm. very much, he is very much in the sort of League of Gentlemen style of pig. Very much, he is. And, and you know, his insides might be all wrong as well. <laughs> <laughs> You don't? Is that a medical term that you used there? Oh. Yeah, it, sorry. Did I baffle you there? Yeah, because yeah, it was yeah, a bit sorry, confusing. Yeah. His insides might be all wrong, you say. Okay. Right, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Um, so we're, we're thinking we'd probably have him live in a farm or something. Like, we wouldn't keep him in the radio studio all the time because we tried it with a fish once and Wogan spat in its bowl. So, <laughs> you yeah. know, it, it was not an happy ending for that. So, and God knows what he'd make of a pig with two willies. I don't reckon he'd get any work done. <laughs> the <laughs> radio. like his snorkers, doesn't he? <laughs> Oh yeah, well yeah, it would be it'd be pretty shocking stuff. I mm. think, Steve. I think it's best we keep it in line of vision at all times. All yeah. right then. So really, you can see no reason. You're a proper vet, and you don't see any reason why we sh and our listeners, as one great big glorious mighty revolutionary family, shouldn't yeah. buy up this lovely pig, have it as our emblem, our totemic animal, mm. worship it, even milk it for sperm, and create a whole army of octo pigs that we will then unleash in Parliament. Well, when you put it like that, I can't think of a more ideal, um, an ideal home for this uh, unfortunate animal. That octopig is one lucky little porker. Thank you, Steve, for your help. You've been a brilliant vet. We'll be seeing you soon, hopefully, with our little six-legged chum under our arm, grinning inanely at you, drunk out of our minds, all kissing each other, because it's going to be a glorious day when Octopig arrives in these islands. Cheers, Steve. Ta no worries. Thanks, mate. He was a nice vet, wasn't he? I liked him. Yeah, he was nice. Very so, capable. Very capable. He knew about that blue tongue thing, didn't he? Blue tongue's a big risk. We're going to have to learn all these things. If we're going to bring up Octopig, we're going to have to know all the terms, all the chat, all the rabbit, all the banter about pigs. Imagine otherwise. the day he goes off to university, he'll be so proud. Oh, Octopig, you've made us the happiest parents in the world. Just one more kiss, get your knickers off. Oh, Octopig, Octopig. I think we should change his name, because Octopig is just too, it's not very... Mm. Cozy, is it's it? not cozy, it's Just not going, domestic. Number eight, pig. Octo pig, you have betrayed us. You will be given a jab jab. I think what we should do is he could be like a Superman. He's got an identity where he's Clark Kent and one where he's Octo pig. So perhaps we'll call him, uh, like, I don't Jeffrey. know, Jeffrey when he's off duty. Then when he's on duty, he's Octo pig. When he's Hang on, wasn't Jeffrey the name of a pig in Rainbow? No, that was that was the man. He wasn't a pig, and it wasn't even a pig in Rainbow. <laughs> that was a human. It was as if his girlfriend was a pig. As if his girlfriend. <laughs> ah, 
<laughs> you mug. That was Jeffrey was a hippo, and he's a good one to have it off with, actually. Oh, no, George. Who's Je no, Jeffrey was the bloke who lived there. Then there's Rod Jane. <laughs> there's Rod Jane and Freddie live next door. Jeffrey They're not was in it. They were a separate show. No, they visited. They, they were the neighbours. Yeah, they branched off because they were good. They had pizzazz. They had what it took. They left the show behind. Why can't you grow? And, like, also, that George was not a zippy girlfriend. They lived together. He was together. called George. I mean, maybe, and Zippy. Oh, you homophobic <laughs> animal. They're, they're not, that's not homophobic because I don't know what Jeff, gender Zippy, Zippy was. Yeah. Oh, no, oh, God, oh, I like it. I've got my period. <laughs> <laughs> it don't matter, mate. I'm in a terrible mood today. <laughs> Oh dear, oh dear, if only life were so that simple. You oh, could, that was a couple, were they? All right, well, Zipogenist. <laughs> <laughs> You're a Zipogenist. We're Moomonogists. We've got all sorts of new George. prejudices. So, this George week. was the pink one. Yeah, George he was wasn't a hippo. He wasn't a moomin, but there was clearly a crossover. I would there was say, something similar there. Yeah, except sexier, because he's got them eyelashes, and he's certainly on the list of uh, oh, yeah. inhabitants of that world. Oh, Bungle. Oh, a bit like that. <laughs> oh, George. Oh, Zippy. Oh, you've been terrible. <laughs> <laughs> you were kinky. Yeah, I'll be all right. I will then. And uh, not Bungle, though, because... Bungle was disturbing. Hey, come on. He was too reasonable, wasn't he? Was he was too reasonable. He was too big. He was bigger than the man. He was bigger than Jeffrey, wasn't he? He dominated that place. But also, he was sort of passive. Why didn't he use his prowess <laughs> to get to the top of the hierarchical structure? Kill Jeffrey. You're in charge. Who know? I mean, maybe that's the wrong message for, <laughs> <laughs> for Rainbow. Okay, what are we, what are we listening to, Matt Bowie? Oh, I've forgotten. Yeah. Andy, what? Oh, look at me. We're going to listen to that, aren't we? But yes. It won't be sung by Frank Spencer, I don't think. I think <laughs> Bowie's going to do it. So um, after that, we're, we're going to try and chat. He, he mentioned League of Gentlemen. Should we try and ring Reeve Shearsmith? I've been threatening to him for about 10 years. You never get round to it. Well, let's try and get round to it. I've never met him, but, you know, his number's in the phone book. I'll look him up. <laughs> Andy Warhol, look at me, standing here. That's David Bowie. I've got a nut in my mouth. I didn't anticipate the song ending because Matt was too busy going, Russell, when vagina lady comes in here, don't try and marry her. I went, oh, what? I won't, I won't. So I got a bit distracted. with your lusty thinkings. Just Nick, the producer, came in and goes, she's really good looking. So it threw me a bit, that's all. Just be strong. I will be strong. What's your t-shirt? i got a great big flap at the back like a butler. <laughs> because I'm a sexy <laughs> butler. I spoke to Reese Shearsmith just then. Reese Shearsmith is going to come on this phone. Good. Um, sorry about eating that nut. But what it is is that here, you know, because that when that vet said about League of Gentlemen style pig, I thought, oh yeah, Reese Shearsmith, let's ring him up. And now we have, and we can. We'll talk to him later. What about that for a connection? Now, hold on. Before vagina lady, before Reese Shearsmith. Before Noel Gallagher, if he rings us back, I don't think he will, though, because I think Noel Gallagher's making a record, which is a bolt from the blue for him. Normally, he's oafing around at a kid's party, isn't he? Right, like, <clears throat> if you talk to Noel Gallagher, nine times out of ten, I'm at a children's party, I'm around our kid's house, things like that. To never, I'm being a musician, which is ultimately my job. Never that, is it? Never that. Never, ever. Never Until that. Today. <clears throat> Until today, that's what he's doing. More money than sense, screams the headline. Wealthy elderly couple caught shoplifting. A wealthy Dublin couple was seized by a desire to steal. <laughs> <laughs> I like that the way that they've sort of characterised the desire as an external force. Like that the desire is a thing that could possess you. And also, you can't a desire can't possess two people at once. They yeah. have to talk about it. They can both go. Hoop! 
Here we go. <laughs> Open the desires. Have back. you got it? I've got it. Let's I've get got it. it. Let's get down the shops. <laughs> yeah. The desire, like it's Batman or something. It's right in the sky. It's in your brain. It's in your thieving brains is where that desire exists. Don't say their names. Don't say their names. Okay. Uh, they've shoplifted items worth just 32 of those E-things, euros, from a store in the north, a quarter's heard. Mm, well, their names are, let's call them, Bob and Dave, even though one's a man and one's a woman, both in their Zippy 60s. And Zippy and George, both in their 60s, live in the plush of Simmons Court Castle beside that, the RDS. That's their house. Yeah, but no, that's not a number, is it? You can't track them down from that. Plus, people now think they're called Zippy and George. And anyway, it's in the paper, so they're much more likely. They oh, could yeah, just find true. the paper, can't they? They can't do us Sorry. for this. So anyway, Zippy and George O'Hanlon, who live in Simmons Court <laughs> Castle, <laughs> beside the RDS in upmarket Dublin 4. Dublin 4? I didn't know Dublin had bits that was numbers. Yeah, that's the, the areas of Dublin, isn't Dublin it? Dublin 4. Cool, I like it. Interesting. They were shopping in Newry County Down on June the 12th last and spent 80 euros on groceries in the Sainsbury's store, but they also stole toiletries and magazines <laughs> worth... A staggering 21 quid. Newry Magistrates Court heard that security staff saw Alexander O'Hanlon, 69, take corn, I mean Zippy O'Hanlon, <laughs> take corn removal cream from its package and place it in his pocket. Taking corn removal cream from his package. That's an unglamorous That's, uh, theft, isn't corn's it? Corn's on your feet, obviously. Right, yeah, not just to remove the concept of corn from the globe. No. Or it's not like a harvesting method. He's got a corn. Okay, so he's next some corn removal cream. Maybe he's embarrassed about it. Carry on. Right. What did George do? George O'Hanlon, by whom I mean Mary, uh, she was then seen taking insoles from a shelf and placing them inside her shoes. Oh, they were stopped immediately and admitted the offences. What are you doing? Nothing. What's that in your shoes? Inner soles. How long have you had them? Now! Yeah, so it's a, it's a really ridiculous on, and embarrassing that's, crime. That's like when you drink a drink in a shop and you pay for it. Like, she's taken them and that's put them true. where they're meant to be in her shoes. Yeah. They're so rich, they've just forgotten that, you know... In my view, they're not criminals, these people. In my view, they I'm are... Mad. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I don't think there's any point in persecuting them for that. I don't think that that's a, any sort of a crime. I think that he's just embarrassed about his corns, understandably. She but just needs a little spring in her step. She just needs a spring in her step even before she got to the till. She was a poor woman. You know, she's under a great deal of pressure. I think that, yeah, we need to ease Why back. Why have they both got foot problems? Yeah, what's going on? Perhaps they're, they're seized by these desires to go out on the rob. They've both got ooves, as far as <laughs> I can work out, that they're hobbling around on. Committing, uh, also, it's, in a way, they were naive to carry out that crime, because how are they ever going to get away if well, something went wrong? She would have been able to run for ages. <laughs> with a real sprightly Dr. Scholl He'd get behind a hedge, put some stuff on his corns, and he'd get another hour. Bing! Off they go, pinging off back to the Dublin Four. Free as birds, the pair of them. Yeah, I think it'd be, uh, I think, really. It's, I think old people go on the rob out of boredom, don't they? But rich people stealing, that's, you know. Yeah, that is a bit wrong. But even the, the concept of wealth is in itself a robbery. Don't have a go at me for having bejeweled skulls in my house. When I'm I say not, things mate. like that. All right, okay, fair enough. Then bejeweled skulls are an emblem. But why are there more and more every time I come round? I've only got You're two. also panic buying those. <laughs> Look! I think society's coming to an end. Buy up any bejeweled skull <laughs> that you see, because I don't want to lose out on this. It could be difficult. Um, yeah, I think that it, old, old people, let them rob a bit, I yeah. think. It's probably from a big supermarket. Apparently it's teenagers and old people, the worst two for shoplifting. Like They're the two people. Ages. 
Right. Yeah. Yeah, you've got to watch out for them. If you're like, if you're a shopkeeper, then uh, you really you just want middle-aged folks in. Yeah. Teenagers, one person at a time. You never see yeah, a sign. One old person. One old person at a time. Old Some old lady goes in, gripped with the desire to steal. Oh, the desire has descended. Boom! <laughs> she's in there, straight on the rob, with her accomplice, corn ridden, like off in a Veruca sock, <laughs> stealing them sort of pink flesh-coloured bandages up their legs that they like. They like yeah, them as well. That's just they? old people's legs. That's just their legs, is it? You know, an old people's old lady's legs fit into their shoe, but look. It looks like the leg is too wide for the shoe. <laughs> it looks like their leg's an L. <laughs> <laughs> Don't have a go at the old. I'm not. I like those legs. I like those legs. Because they make when we want to get freak out with them. Oh, you got lovely L legs. I'm going to go crazy for your L legs. Ah, oh, that's turned me on a bit. Naturally, I like old ladies. Not in a you-know sort of way, but just like they're lovely bunch. And I miss my nan when I think about it. Shame. You all right, Russell? Got any money? Ah, oh, never mind. All gone. All gone now! <laughs> so, uh, why don't we listen to some music, and then in a little bit we'll talk to Rhys Shearsmith, our League of Gentlemen, about our octopig who's coming here to offer us some sort of salvation. Bye! What are we listening to? I think we're going to listen to the Pogues doing the Stones. Ooh, Can Pogues. you imagine it? Can you imagine that? Because we are in Ireland. Pogues doing Stones. Whatever next? The Pogues! Honky Tonk Woman. You're listening to Russell Brand. I'm on Radio 2. I'm here in the studio with Poet Laureate Mr G. Matt Morgan is in charge of the switches. On the phone, I believe we have Reese Shearsmith. Are you there, Reese Shearsmith? I am. Good day to you. It's lovely to speak to you. I'm always saying that, oh, you'll come on this show, but then I, I never <sighs> ring you. And then you forget. Yeah, that's right. I just, um, uh, absent-minded man and shambolic and unprofessional. It's become one of the defining features of the show, though, Reese. is the... However, of... when I've, yeah, I'm here now. It's lovely to speak to you, but you're guarding your children. I am. I've got them entrapped. You've got them ensnared, have you? Yeah, ensnared in a cage, and I'm making them watch Laurel and Hardy. Uh, do they like it? They love it. Well, that's all right, um, then. It's slightly violent, actually. If you kind of analyse it from a child, through a child's eyes... Go on, then. How, how are you... Do you're analysing it through a child's eyes, which <laughs> I, I don't... I'd hate to think how that's been achieved. <laughs> <laughs> well, not actually through the eyes of children, but just looking at it objectively. The same with, um, mm. is with Tom and Jerry. Very violent. Chopped up nails, hammers and... Yeah. And axes, you but know. I, I suppose... That, Perhaps but... not right. Probably not. Probably abhorrent. But like, but Tom and Jerry, I suppose at least it's been delivered to you in a through a sort of a cartoon medium. So even as a child, yeah. you're thinking this ain't the world we live in. Do you think? That's right. Do you think, Reese, that because Laurinardi's in black and white, they sort of think, well, we don't live in the black and white world. I probably shouldn't hit my brother with a plank. Black and white times. Yeah, we yeah. don't work in a sawmill. In, <laughs> very, very tangibly, our life yeah. is not set in a desert. There's no sense in us <laughs> carrying out these slapstick pranks right, on yeah. each other. We're not going to buy a boat and fill it with water to see if there are holes in it. <laughs> That's not you yet. See, it's as fresh today. It, it's timeless, Reese. <laughs> it in, ever was. In many ways. I do find that, yes. Well, I'm just, uh, the one I was watching before I spoke to you, they were on, hmm. they are in Switzerland on a rope bridge trying to cross it with an upright piano and there was a gorilla on the bridge with them. Right, I mean... It's so absolutely hysterical. I just can't imagine how you'd ever find yourself in that set of circumstances. <laughs> like... Oh, no, that's true. Or even more so, shoplifting and putting insoles in your, sh in your shoes then to leave. Yeah, it's preposterous. I think that was a plan that she thought she'd enter the shop and then yeah. disguise herself leaving as a taller woman. 
Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, this tall person is innocent. They've, I've got, we've got no record of them me. even being in the shop. I don't know who the, the diminutive crook is that, of whom you speak, but I'm... I'm much taller than this person on this black and white footage. Also, look at my gait. Look at how I walk, confidently, striding, <laughs> clearly untroubled by banyans. My pink head of a, of a hippo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, Reese, one of the main motivating factors between calling you, right? Well, oh, yeah, like, go on. here's some of the things we've been talking about on this program. One yeah. was uh, uh, puppets, uh, puppets from children's TV that we'd like, right, yeah. to, like to have it off with, right? And because uh, I recently encountered a moomin, and not recently, sometime over the past decade, encountered ah. a moomin and had sex with it. <laughs> well, actually, it wasn't them. <laughs> and it was nice, to tell you the truth. One of the Moomins. Which one was it? Moomin Mama? Mama, if any of oh, them. Oh, Papa? Not Papa, because it was definitely female. So, like, right. that's... I uh, thought they were just smooth. How do you know it was female? I suppose they do have... <laughs> Mama has eyelashes, doesn't she? Yeah, and also, she, the, <laughs> that Moomin came from somewhere. Moomin, they've got a baby. And presumably, yeah, course, and, unless... Sure. Moomin Papa just leaves an egg on the bedside cabinet and she <laughs> and then she ingests it somehow. There's got to be... Much like a razor head. Very similar to a razor head, which is... It leaves a baby with spots in his cot. <laughs> <laughs> in the corner of a room with loads of pipes and hitting gas. <laughs> that is the kind of childhood that we all crave, <laughs> I think, Reese, is a pipe-ridden, gas-strewn, tiny little woman in the radiator childhood. I Two small baby in the corner of the cot with spots on it. <laughs> yeah, it sort of takes me back to my own youth. Well, <laughs> we then discussed, that, you know, in a sort of a brief and cursory way, discussed potential liaisons with wombles. Um, what other animals <laughs> did we think about having it off with? About fraggles, but uh, they're sexy. Yeah, Matt Morgan wanted to have it off with... Matt Morgan, who does this show with me, he's yeah. drawn to one of the fraggles. I don't know if you uh, ever saw the fraggles. I did. I, my memory of Fraggle Rock was weird because it came out at the same time as Spitting Image came out. And I remember people saying, there's this brilliant programme where they make these puppets and like, they look like people. Right. And I saw <laughs> trailers for Fraggle Rock and thought, it, it, that's crap. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's clearly yeah, not a fact, <laughs> Who's this garbage heap meant to be? That's not, you know, <laughs> yeah, that's that a... that it's like a pink fluffy thing. Yeah. It's, it's... So, yeah, no, I don't really recall Fraggle Rock. I, don't know, I found it a bit um, lazy. <laughs> what do you mean? What do you want from it? What do you, what do you want from it, Reese? I just thought that, that there was no artistry to the puppets themselves. I find it curious that he finds any of them attractive. Well, Matt likes red. Red. Oh, right, just red. It's the colour more than the, the figurine. Well, the, 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 no, he, he wouldn't have sex with anything red, like, but like one of them is called red, and it's very Are you alluring. like a bull? Oh, I see, red. He's <laughs> <And laughs> not like a bull driven by his libido, <laughs> and I think he's, Matt's very confident that red was female. Oh, I see. I can hear one of your children. Yeah, they're in the corner playing with pennies. <laughs> what, what kind of ancient childhood are you trying to recreate for your children? Are you a Victorian father? What's wrong with Harden? They've got a chalkboard and, <laughs> some, and uh, some slate, and they're, they're doing uh, uh, noughts and crosses game. Here are your pennies, children. <laughs> <laughs> and they're big pennies as well. I don't mean penny pennies. I mean big, you know. Aged pennies. pennies with about a foot wide. Wagon wheel ones. Like wagon wheel pennies, yeah, exactly. You're trying to recreate your TV programme with your children. I think that they're going to grow up. <laughs> 
troubled if you don't immediately give him a Furby. Please don't tell the social services. I probably shouldn't be. It's my next phone call. No, they're fine. They're having a whale of a time. Yeah, we've got... With their pennies and the slate. Sounds lovely. When we spoke to the vet, right, we just spoke to a vet, as a matter of fact, Reese, and because there's this pig, I don't know if you're aware, a pig's been born with six legs, two willies and two bum holes we want right. it we're going to try and get it and buy it and bring it up we'll install it in a city farm somewhere It'll be like having a mistress really put it up in a little <laughs> flat go and visit it when we want <laughs> right we're going to get really true he's sure it's not just one and a half pigs well you can view it how you and they like haven't separated somehow well, well, that, well, that's one way of looking at it. One and a half pigs, and it's not separate. <laughs> I think it's one and a half pigs, and they just haven't kind of found the join. Yeah, but it's still got six legs and two willies and two bum holes. You can dress it up how you like, Reese. To me, it sounds like a little pig party on choose, six legs. Can it choose which bum hole to do poos out of? Apparently not. It's completely at the mercy of its abdomen. It, like, right. It's got no choice at all what it does. Same with wheeze. Same with Wheeze, it's just, it's a, it's a gamble every time. Never try to, like, there's a, probably a good game show in Guess Which Hole. <laughs> They're located at the same place, otherwise it would just be a, a potluck, wouldn't it, where you aim it? Yeah, absolutely. I suppose pigs actually don't bother with toilets, do they? Not, not conventionally. They, <laughs> they're, they're at the mercy. I'm applying human <laughs> traits of toilet, toilet mechanisms with pigs, and that's not... It's not going to be easy for the pig. That's why it's a blessing that it's being raised by us here at this show and not by you, because I can't exactly, imagine what yeah. you do no, to I'll it. Put a hat on it and, and tour it in a tent. Yeah, I can imagine what kind of life it would have with you. The vet, <laughs> the vet said it's a League of Gentlemen type situation, so that's what finally made me think, yeah, this is a perfect situation. And let's get one of them on the, on the telephone. Get, get, get a League of Gentlemen and talk to it. <laughs> You're talk a League of it. Gentlemen? Oi, what do you think about this pig? Yeah, so when we get that pig, <laughs> perhaps you can come and endow it and with qualities and meddle with it, and we'll get photos of you feeding it and toying with <laughs> it and stuff. They'll only kill it and chop it into... Segments. Like, yeah, they'll cut a chop into segments, then where's the magic then? It's just a load of segments. It don't matter, well, that could have come from any It could pig. just be one and a half pigs. Yeah. My, one and a half pigs sounds like a sort of nine and a half weeks style sexy film <laughs> <laughs> where you open your fridge and rub yourself in bacon. I don't know. It could work, Reese. And finally, what we wanted to talk to you about, what you're doing something that's making a weird noise down your phone, Reese. I don't either, know what it is. It's either rubbing it. Is I'm in stubble? my garden now, because I've just been clearing my shed out. <laughs> you live in the old days. <laughs> oh, I've got to clean the shed out, I'll give the kids some pennies, and then I'm going to thrash my wife. Rishi Smith is unreconstructed. These things are all true as well. Oh, yeah. It's a perfect depiction of your um, existence. What was the final thing you were going to ask me? We've got a lady who can sing out of, into, or with a vagina. She's like this. Oh. She's called Vagina Lady, uh, and uh, we've got her here. We don't, she's been. We've been talking about her for weeks, and finally she's coming here to Dublin. And I just thought it might intrigue you that we've got a lady well, here. And what is she going to do it now? Well, she, we're Does not, she have to do it in private. No, she's going to do it here publicly. I mean, unless we've misunderstood and she simply sings songs about the topic of vaginas, and we're all about to be gravely disappointed. Oh, well, I can't wait to. I wish I was there to see it, but witnessing the hearing it will have to suffice. <laughs> it certainly will, Reese, and it's going to be a <laughs> hell of a trip. I just wanted you to know. Hey, Reese, thank you very much for coming on the phone. And I'll Not ring... at all, thank you. It'd be nice to come and see you in a, in a personal capacity. I wouldn't mind coming round your house and perhaps looking at, I don't know, your steam engines and <laughs> your horse brasses. Absolutely, I'll show you my metronome. Oh, brilliant! All right, I'll come <laughs> and see you soon. Lovely to talk to you, Reese. Nice oh, Reese, Reese, do a voice, do a voice, do uh, d you know, uh, Dave, oh. you're my wife. Do you not do stuff like that now? Won't you do oh, it? You're my my singing vagina now. <laughs> <laughs> Woohoo! There he is, Reese Shearsmith. Thanks, mate. I'll talk to you soon. Okay.
Bye. 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 There goes Rhys Smith there. Good, you've got to get him to do a voice, haven't you? Like, well, you know, yeah, he's, yeah. he's on there. He's so you can't waste <laughs> Don't diminish my talent. <laughs> uh, I won't do that anymore. Anyway, the, the whole the whole ball bag thing, was <laughs> it was crazy. It got out of control. Okay, let's listen to a record, and then we're going to... Jessica Delfino, isn't it, her real name? Yes. Jessica Delfino's going to be here. Oh, blimey. Who knows what she's capable of, that woman? That was lovely, Rita Meet and Made by the Beatles, obviously. Uh, we like that song, don't we, Matthew? Why? Because of the imagery. I think it's a nice story, and yeah. Rita's slightly masculine. She she, get, she pays masculine. the bill. She's like a military man. She is like a military man. And he sits on the sofa with his sister or two. With the implication. But if there was one song you liked off the Sgt. Pepper album, what would that be, <laughs> Matt? If it used was... to be when I was 64. <laughs> but recently, that's... I heard it sung by a spectre. <laughs> that was a phantom version of when I was 64. That very much ruined the memory of it. For me. I did. Um, right, in the studio now, we have got Jessica. Jessica Delfino. Hello, Jessica. Hello. Jessica, here's the cold hard truth of the matter. We've been, like, we got sent these emails about you. Oh, do you want to have this woman on the show, right? And uh, a nomenclature developed by which we abbreviated your entire identity to the moniker Vagina Lady. Thank you. Then we began to speculate <laughs> on, uh, did you sing about out of or into your own vagina. Ah. A strong culture developed. Now we're meeting you, and I feel vaguely embarrassed about that. Oh, please don't. Please. Uh, I, I I think vaginas are important, and I like me to too. sing songs about them. Yeah, I do. I mean, I've got my way of just dedicating my life to them, really, <laughs> in, in a way. It's been a bloody nuisance, truth be told. <laughs> um, yeah, what we were talking about just then is, um, like, a little while ago, like, Radio 2, this is who we are now, uh, did a radio sort of a tribute to the, um, when, um, to... Sergeant Pepper. I nearly called it when I'm 64 because of my uh, happy uh, habit of abbreviating anything to the thing that I did in it. I was in um, Bugsy Malone when I was a kid. The school played Bugsy Malone and I played the character of Fat Sam, so I always refer to it as Fat Sam. I did Fat Sam as a kid ignoring the actual <laughs> title and I just did that with a Beatles album which is pretty unforgivable. But yeah, I did a version of When I'm 64 which some people regard as a an atrocity, really. Most people regard it as such. <laughs> yeah, it's commonly regarded as a, a, a massacre and desecration of a much-loved piece of English art. Um, now, let's clear up what it is you actually do. You sing songs about... about vaginas. vaginas. Nice. Yes, well, yes, that's something... You nailed it. I suppose, like, out of or into would have been more of a visual spectacle, sure. but perhaps also rather degrading maybe i saw a sex show depends. once our listeners won't know they won't know so that's true um, i would really like to see that myself i i think that would be very impressive i, I some, wish i only wish jessica i saw something like that once in thailand and it made me cry i was quite <laughs> young and it, like to say the truth i thought this would be sexy but i ended up just crying and it was to do with ping pong balls and that and a couple of people with sort of fluorescent paint having it off just did me head in tell you yeah. the truth but I've got over that kind of sentimentality now in later life, naturally. But it's edgy, a, it's edgy. It's edgy, yeah. isn't it? It's risky. So what, can tell us about yourself then, because we've been, you know, we've got all caught up in the hoopla of you. We're overjoyed to have you here. Let me describe you for our listeners. You're attractive, you've got a nice sort of red suit on and green. Red and green, if those colours appear in nature, it's a warning, <laughs> right? And so, like, uh, let, let's take it as such in this uh, situation. You're a singer-songwriter, but tell us more about it so we can understand what's happening. Well, I spent a lot of time um, as a kid hanging out and uh, in a, in Maine, which is a small um, state, small town. Oh, so yeah. I, I had a lot of free time. So I taught myself how to play the guitar. Is and it that to distract yourself? 
Uh, or just to, um, yeah, I guess so, yeah. But you didn't, oh, when it came to subject matter, you did not look Well, I listened to a lot of, of Joni Mitchell, and I listened to a lot of this, like, classic rock music, and I just thought it would be nice to for the people to actually sing what they were thinking in their heads exactly without all the decorations around it. And, what? Uh, well, you know, like a song like Strangers in the Night Exchanging Glances, that means, come on, stranger, exactly. let's do it. Let's have it off with a stranger. That's about a one-night stand, Strangers the world, in the Night. I think the world would really be a better place if people could just really be much more say explicit. what they wanted to, yeah. That's a very exactly. good policy, Jessica. I mean, it would somewhat damage the notion of poetry and the idea of a meta world between... I think that I write lovely poetry. Thank you. you. I mean, I'm, like, this is not an attack on you. <laughs> I'm just saying that the, if people are utterly explicit and literal, the notion of metaphor becomes redundant. That's, that's all. That's what, that's, that was very poetic. That, hey, that's what you get here. You I know, thought you were a comedian. I'm, I do all sorts of jobs, love. I'm impressed. Let, let me tell you. So, okay, so let's move on. Are you going to do a number for us? I would love to do a number, as you say. That's what we call it. Yeah. Is there a tension between you and me, Jessica Delphine? Uh, I don't feel any tension at all. I feel completely relaxed. Good, so you should, because you've got to do a record now, and as far as our listeners know, it's coming. We, we as yet, don't know which orifice you're using. <laughs> so, okay, let's have it. What, can you tell us what, what you're going to do first? Well, I should ask you, would you like to hear a... Would you like to hear a song about war? No. Okay, would you like to hear a song about uh, women you studies? Close. Yeah. I don't know. Is one of the options going to be vaginas? They're both vaginas. I'm, oh, right. I'm having this dilemma in my head. Is which which one? I have that and, most uh, nights. Yeah. So I guess I guess what we'll do it like this. Would you like number one or would you like number two? Matthew. Number two. Number two. That's my boy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This is this is the song that I am going to play for you. Then this song is um, the song is uh, a little ditty, which right. uh, goes a little something like this. One, two. One, two, three. If you meet me on the street And I seem to be mad or upset And you're wondering if it was you Well, there's something you should not forget Remember Oh, remember Once a month for a week I bleed from my vagina Lovely. Jessica, <laughs> what a gift. Jessica Delfino there. What you won't have seen, unless you bother to have a look at bbc.co.uk, our website is that Jessica does mimes to that, and uh, I particularly like the mime for bleed from your vagina, which <laughs> looked like a flourish, and it's my experience of menstruation has never been nearly so, well, it was rakish. The way you did Freakish. that. Yeah, it was dandyish. word. You really are a poet. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, I'm an Englishman, aren't I? I yes, speak English, don't I? I guess, yeah. It's, it's part of my gig. So, yeah, mm, I liked that song. I was into it. I thought it was Thanks. really nice. I have, I have a lot of them. Cool. Well, that's good. Uh, what <laughs> I like, uh, you do have got a nice voice. It's, it is like Joni Mitchell. Reminded me a bit of that sort of stuff. Like, you know, nice. Thank you. Folky. Sexy. What sort, of, um, what sort of things are you into then? Like, are you in, we played Mouldy Peaches earlier. Are you into that sort of gear? Yeah, I like the Mouldy Peaches, yeah. Mm, yeah. I, like, I like a lot of stuff. I like a lot of classic rock. Led Zeppelin, Steely Dan. I like a lot of old kind of hot old men and hot women. Hot old men? Yeah, hot old men and women <laughs> rocking out. We well, might have liked a story we told earlier about some elderly people stealing corn medicine and stealing inner souls from, uh, like, in, inner souls from a chemist or pharmacy, I suppose you'd say. Were Imagine they, that, elderly crooks going on the rock. Were they making crystal meth? What were they doing? I hope not, Jessica, because it's a terrible drug and it causes awful problems. I went, That's what I've heard. Don't do none, because I went I, to Hawaii recently. They're mad for the crystal drugs. meth. 
Oh, really? I don't. Are, you, are you a drug person? I don't use any drugs at all. I do drink a little bit. Since I'm in Ireland, I feel like it's almost... Don't attack the Irish people. They, like, oh, I love, I love the Irish people. I'm not kidding. I'm actually considering moving here. Oh, yeah. I love Ireland. Yeah, well, come over. It's all right, isn't it? It's a laugh. I love it. Yeah. I was here in, in March for the Galway Comedy Festival. Was you? And I found love instantly. With just the concept of Ireland. Well, the people are great. I walk down the street with my guitar, and they chase me like zombies in the street. Like everyone's like, Raw! chasing and asking me to well, play listen, songs. For someone and... who loves Ireland so much, you've just described them as a <laughs> nation of drunk zombies. <laughs> I love it. I, I just can't get enough. Yeah, me neither. I'm banging to it. Okay, well, we've gone on about how much we love Ireland. We've been shamelessly playing. We've played, what have we done? Pogues, Finn, Lizzie, who else? Yeah. Van, Morrison. Van Morrison. We've made an incredible effort. When you look at um, Matt there, Jessica, uh, I'd like to know that up until about an hour ago, he had a great big flourishing beard on his face. Wow. So it's weird, isn't it? When you, you have meet a nice his face. He's a lovely face, yeah. isn't he? He's a handsome boy, but uh, normally he has a great big beard. So I'd just like you to imagine that when you look at him, because that's not his that natural identity there. Hmm. He just He's adopted this look. I, I don't know. It's a good look. As we speak. It's a good look. <laughs> Even now, it's formulating. Mm, like, I, have a, I have a beard... Um. Listen, this better not be another vagina lyric. No, um, no. How does the war song go? Because how do you... I She'll mean, sing oh. it if you say that to her. I, I, I would. To. I could Well, she it. will if you say that. She, he's a poet, G is. I'm just like, going to give Jessica a bit of a low-down situation. That's Mr G is our poet. Every show, cool. he summarises it at the end of a poem. So you'll oh, be here to hear great. that because this show ends quite soon. I suppose, really, now that you've queued it up, Matthew, we've got to have a listen to this War Vagina song. Not that I'm suggesting it was a chore because yeah. I like that other one. I was interested in how war and vaginas could <laughs> clash. Well, oh, they're uh, the, the reason for most wars, I would say. Is vaginas, ultimately. Well, women are to blame. Of course they are. For God's sake, they're no, to blame for everything. No, it's not that they're to blame. I wouldn't it's... leave the house if it weren't for them. Well, Jessica, it's not that they're to blame. No, you? it's that they're fought over. Do you think the best way to illustrate this is in some kind of song? I would love to <laughs> sing a song, yes, and it goes... Go on, give us both something. barrels. Okay. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, everyone thinks that since I'm from America that the war is my fault, but it's not yeah. my fault. Um, and as a matter of fact, I hate war, and I write songs about how much I hate war, and I sing them in front of um, police stations anytime I get the chance, um, because I think that war is wrong. And this is, this is part of that, and it goes like this. One, two, three. Well, I'm sorry things didn't work out. Us, but I'm leaving here tonight on the midnight bus. Keep my shit on care, just please don't make a fuss. You don't make my be right. Try to help you figure it out. I spread my blood up until my popped out. I pushed your head left, right, and all about. But you don't make be right. I heard you say yesterday I didn't give you half a chance. But we did it for a year, and oh my dear, good. Tonight on the midnight bus, keep my—I guess I can't say that word, right? Whoa. But please don't make a fuss. You don't make a say it right. I don't know. You don't make a say it right one more time. You don't lick my right. I really mean it. You don't make a say No more war! Jessica Delfino, the 
the vagina lady. Thank you. There she goes. I'm what? doing a sign, a, a show in Edinburgh. Yeah, no, I'm sure you are. What I particularly enjoyed was your attempt at self-censorship there after <laughs> you've sung an old song about oral sex being performed on. We're very, I mean, we're cheeky on this show. Cheeky but never blue. So, um, <laughs> Jessica, what I would like to know about is, like, when uh, people, like, with you sort of, uh, like, you know, singing these songs about vaginas and whatnot, don't it make it difficult for people to chat you up? Because, like, when pe- women are dead confident about their sexuality and all sort of uh, strong and chat then... Chat me up, you mean, like, in a flirty kind of yeah, a way? Try and pull Men you. are petrified of me. I never, ever get hit on, ever. Because you're always singing I think that, about I think guys, I think guys think I'm going to write a song about how bad they are orally or something. I don't know. Or, in some cases, how brill they are in bed, particularly or Maybe. Maybe they're humiliated by their incredible talents. Some people are so damn gifted at the old oral <laughs> that speaking seems like a waste of time. No matter how articulate they are, how poetic, what incredible vocabulary they have, it's always been a secondary function you might find with some men. I don't know who. Certainly not... Oh, Craply advertise yourself. <laughs> yeah, well, on the BBC, she's just been plugging her bleeding show. Okay, so thank you very much, uh, Jessica. That's been fantastic, haven't you, Ian? Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, uh, Thanks. Yeah. I, I'd like to say hi to Barry. Hey, Barry. You mustn't say hi okay. to Barry. The way he's behaved, uh, he's oh. probably now in a correctional facility, and I think it's best for all of us. Who is Barry? Barry is a friend of mine in London. Okay, well, Barry, Barry. Good hey, luck. Barry, and and also Google me. Okay, Google me. That better not be a euphemism. Is that something you're <laughs> going to ring a song, write a song about in a moment? No, no, no song related to it. I just felt like it was if people want to, like you know, know about people, why, why I do what people I people know what the internet is, Jessica. <laughs> Google me. Hey, why not use the googly buttons? People know what the internet Someday does. Someday there will be a Google button on the keyboard. You uh, just press the Google and. It'll just this is a bleak dystopia that you predict, I'm madam. Sorry, I'm Your sorry. Your hellish vaginal cavern <laughs> with Google buttons. No way. We'll fight that. We'll stem that flow. Okay, then. So, uh, thank you very much, Jessica. Matt, thank what, you. What, oh, what, is it time to summarise the show now? Okay, from one kooky artist to another, we've listened to Jessica Delfino singing from and about and next to her vagina. Why don't we now listen to the poetry of perhaps this generation's finest words myth? Bye. My God, it's Mr. G. Go on, son. Give them both barrels. Okay, since we're in Ireland, I thought I'd write a limerick. There once was a young comic called Russell, whose octopic thoughts were quite lustful. Till one night out a-wooing, he lay down with a moomin. His excuse was he wanted a cuddle. There once was a young rider called Matt, who drew the sun with its face all intact. His little eyes glistened at Uncle Bulgaria's wisdom and ran with Mad Ken from Hannibal Cat. There once was a young rhymer called G, who arrived in Ireland to see and convey this to you only on Radio 2, this limerick style of poetry. Yeah. There it is, Mr. G there. Reducing Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, um, thank you very much for listening to the show. I'm only mucking about. We're not racist. We're all cool on this programme. Thanks for listening to us. Sorry we couldn't get you Noel Gallagher. He's off doing a record about bloody time too. The man's a layabout. Thank you, Rhys Shearsmith, for your fantastic contribution. Thank you, Jessica Delfino. Blimey, what a girl. <laughs> so, um, if you like, you could have a look at her on the Giggly Wax. Uh, and uh, what else have we got to do, Matthew? We've done all the admin. Ain't we? It's the news now. Right. Now, you might be wondering what's going on on this planet. I looked out my window. It was chaos out there. Here to summarise all those bonkers antics is that <laughs> crazy gang of boffins with a little show we like to call The News. <laughs>